This is the second week that we've discussed the power of new beginnings. Last week we started with Noah. Noah in the ark. Just a Sunday school story. But the ark wasn't just a picture of rescue and salvation. Scripture draws the direct connection between the ark and baptism. So the story of Noah and the ark was an ancient event that saved humanity, but baptism is the current event that saves us today, brings us into the plan of salvation, walks us through from repentance to baptism to spirit and filling. And then you begin a brand new life. How many have ever experienced that? I, I, was, I was preparing uh, the remainder of my notes this morning and I thought, you know, let's just throw that in there because we're nine days into January and we haven't had a baptism at CCC yet and I'm ready. God's ready. If you're ready, the tank's ready, robes are ready. I just thought I'd throw that in this morning. This is the day of new beginnings. The old can be passed away. The past can be gone, erased, washed, cleansed. The cross does the work. It, it completes it. It just washes us. The blood is enough. But we're talking about the power of new beginnings. The book of Jonah is sandwiched in scripture among other minor prophets in the New Testament. You find Jonah 1 and 1. And our prayer this morning is that the word just didn't come to Jonah, but that it comes to us today. Now, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I don't know where your spiritual focus is this morning, and I'm not certain of everybody's spiritual direction, although I feel like most of the room's going in the right direction. But if you've come with your mind made up not to go from the presence of God, but to go into God's presence, I wonder if you would just join with me for a moment and lift your hands and invite the Spirit of the Lord to meet with us. I need His presence at work in this place today. your throne this morning because it's not our kingdom that we're concerned about it's yours today it's not our word that we're declaring it's yours so we come before your throne and we ask God that you would extend that scepter of authority in this room we pray that your anointing would accompany everything that's said I ask that chains that have bound individuals would be broken off I ask father that in the midst of this fast that somebody would begin to feel the release that's coming because it's not the fast it's not this the fast that you have chosen God is not this the season isn't this the time isn't this the right place isn't this here right now the moment that you've chosen for someone to walk out of bondage into freedom out of that place of suffering and torment into a perfect place in you God we're asking this morning let somebody see your light in the midst of their darkness we pray in your precious name we ask it I wonder if the redeemed of the Lord would say so one more time clapping hands hallelujah amen amen you may be seated this morning why 
Is it that we love to put on our spiritual spectacles and separate ourselves from people in Scripture when we could learn so much from them if we just realize that we are so much like them? And so quickly we take the story of Jonah and we erase it because we've heard it so many times. But I think sometimes God wants us to remind ourselves that we are a lot like him. I'll just remind us this morning that out of 7 billion people, maybe almost 8 billion people in the world, we've had the privilege of being in service this morning. We've had the privilege of being in church. The doors were open in a country that's full of lockdowns and churches that have been locked up. We came through open doors into a sanctuary this morning, into the presence of God. We've got a privilege. I, I know that's common to us. I know that that's become normal for us, but, but I'm just so glad that we have that privilege and our prayers are with some people that don't have that right. This morning, they may be watching with us online, but I wonder if you just offer a hand clap of praise to the Lord for someone that couldn't be here this morning. I, I wonder if you just lift your voice for a moment and remind yourself that God's word came to me. It may have come to Jonah, but God, your word is coming to us this morning, and that's not a right, it's a privilege. It's not a right, it's our, it's our tremendous privilege to hear the word of God this morning. We have the, the privilege of hearing the word of God. Jonah, sometimes we separate ourselves from him because we know of the wrongdoing that he did. But I, I just want to draw a few parallels this morning, not to condemn anybody, not to kind of put anybody in a bad mood or in a bad place. But I just want to remind us that sometimes we all are a little bit like Jonah. I know that you don't agree because that was a very... A very shy amen. You, you may be thinking, well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't ever get the call. Oh, just hold on a minute. I didn't ever get on a ship to Tarshish. I didn't ever run from the call of God. Well, maybe we have and just didn't know it. Here's where it gets maybe a little bit close to home because Jonah was called to preach against the wickedness. And then when God released that responsibility to him, that's when Jonah got out his carry-on that would fit in the overhead compartment of the ship going from Joppa to Tarshish. That's when Jonah decided, well, right now is the right time for me to leave. And, and sometimes uh, I know that, that we kind of distance ourselves from Jonah, but can I remind us that God has called us to be a light in the midst of darkness? We, we like that because it's pretty passive. You just flip the light switch on and all of a sudden darkness gets dispelled. But can I remind us that he's also called us to be a voice in the midst of wickedness? God's also called us to preach the word that we know. Every one of us are preachers this morning. Talked about that for a few moments last week. And, uh, and I get increasingly alarmed as I hear a message of, as I, as I hear the lack of the message of conviction in our generation. I'm with you uh, as much as the next guy that I want people to have a great experience in our services. I want people to feel love when they come through those doors. I pray that the red carpet's been rolled out. I'm trusting that, that we've just kind of been kind and that we, 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 we're not here to condemn people. Jesus didn't come to condemn people, so neither have we. But we have come in this room with the intention that God would bring conviction to turn lives around. We have come for that purpose. 
We have come with that intention, believing that God, he loves us enough not to leave us where we find ourselves sometimes. God loves us that much that he wants to pick us up and put us back on the path of righteousness. There is a highway called holiness. It's not the easy way. It's a tough way. It's a narrow path. Few there be that find it. But God still has somebody in the room today that he's calling you to get up and get on the highway of holiness. That's what he said to Jonah. Get up and go to Nineveh. God's calling someone to get up and go into a world that needs your voice today. Your message that you've got, your testimony of what God has done in your life. God is looking for a Jonah to get up and declare what God can do. We've been a part of the preaching team here for for 20 years. I I know I can speak on behalf of Pastor Woodward that we aren't here to drive people into the ground. We aren't here just to railroad people. We love people. We love our city. We love the sinner. We love folks that are lost and undone. We we love people that, that are addicted to drugs and to alcohol. We love people that are going the wrong way right now. And we love them enough to tell them that God has a better way. We love them. And you're part of that team. You're part of that group. But, but I believe that in this end time, God is raising up more than just a pulpit and more than just an online ministry. God is raising up a people that have determined in their heart they're going to be part of the preaching team. They're going to be part of the message that's declared. God can turn your life around. I see a revival in our city. And it's going to come from more than just one voice. It's not just going to be a passive action. God's calling somebody to get up and to go and preach. Preach a message of salvation. We haven't come to preach condemnation. The cry against evil has become quiet. And the cry against sin is becoming silent. The cry against wrongdoing must come if anybody is going to be saved. But like Jonah, sometimes we mistake God's call and his command as an option, and we pack our bags, and we head the other way. Did you ever think about it in Scripture? I know you may have heard it, but just take a look at this map with me for a moment. This is Jonah, okay? Jonah's here, and he's called uh, to go to Nineveh. Look, Look at the short northeast trip to Nineveh. Jonah decides that he's going to go down to Joppa. Joppa right here. He hops the ship, he's got, his, he's got his luggage, he hops the ship, and he decides, I'm going to go to Tarshish, because that's easier. <laughs> that's just, that's simpler than doing what God called me to do. You know, when, when we lay it out, how many of us have ever been Jonah? How many have ever said, uh, you know what, I, I got this God... I I got this. I hear your word. I hear your call. I hear your command. But I'm just going to take this my way for now. 
And we packed our luggage up because we don't want to do what God has called us to do. And, and God's just saying, look, here's the mission. Just right over here. Just head over to Nineveh and preach the word. I'll take care of the rest. I got it from there. I just need a voice. I just need someone to go. I just need someone I'll anoint. I'll just need someone that feels like they, they can't do it, that will do it. That's all I need. I just need some willing vessel that will accomplish my purpose and my plan. God's still looking for a Jonah in 2022. God's still looking for you this morning. And sometimes we pack our bags and we head the other way. I know, I, I know we've heard it so much before, but the effort on Jonah's part was much more difficult to disobey than it was to obey. The effort, and, and how many have ever found out that the, the wages of sin aren't simple? Walking out of God's will is a hard way to go. We'll get to the good spot in a minute. Just hang with me. And Jonah, one and three, he, he carries on. It says he rose up to flee into Tarshish from the, presence, from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof. It cost you when you go your own way. He went down into, did you notice that he, he rose up? God, God called him to rise up to preach to Nineveh, but he rose up to flee. And then he went down to Joppa and he paid the fare. And then he went down into the ship from the presence of the Lord. Every time that you flee the call of God, you end up going down. You go down to Tarsus. You go down into the ship. You go down to Joppa. You end up paying the fare. You end up far from the presence of God. There, there's a place that God desires for you to be. God desires for you to be in Nineveh so you can accomplish his purpose. But, but we end up in Tarsus so, so far out of where God would desire us to be. But there's a cost. It's, there's always a cost involved. There's a cost of, of what happens when uh, away from where we should be. There's a cost that it costs us. And you'll see in a moment that there's, there's a cost that, that maybe Jonah didn't even intend. He knew it was going to cost him something. He paid the fare. He was willing to get on the ship. He, he got down in the midst of, of the hold of that ship, and he just kind of hunkered down. No one will find me here. No one's going to, I'll just kind of settle in, and I'll, I'll do my own thing, and, and, and I'm, I'm not responsible. But, but can I just remind someone, God is calling us to another level in 2022. I don't know if you heard the message on Wednesday night, but Pastor Wilbert preached a powerful message. Last Sunday night, Pastor Matt preached a powerful message about sacrifice. 22 was going to cost us something. 22, it, God, God's not satisfied with us staying where we are. Could it be that, that 22, it, it, it kind of allows us to bring some perspective to where we're walking in God right now? And just when Jonah thinks he's got it all figured out by his own hand, he goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. This is not the time to sleep. Scripture speaks about awakening. Scripture speaks about being vigilant. Scripture speaks about being engaged and watching, watchmen on the wall. The scripture speaks about us being kind of, just every, every fiber of our being on fire with the purpose and plan of God in the end times. This is not the time for the people of God to sleep. 
This is not the time for us to become passive. And this isn't the time for us to just kind of take it easy until, until the restrictions lessen, until we don't even know. We don't know what next week may hold for us. We don't, we don't know what regulations are going to require us to do in the next month or the next year. We don't, we don't know. Can I, but I do know this. It's not time for us to sleep. Now is not the time for us to settle in until. Now is the time for us to engage. Now is the time for the church to stand up. Come on, that's why we've been spending some time in fasting. That's why we pushed away from the table because we want to hear the voice of God. We don't just want to hear the voice of man. We want to, to the sense of responsibility that's resting on our generation. We want to be a part of the solution. Yeah, we've said it for the government, but I want to be part of the spiritual solution for 2022. We want to be a part of end time revival. We want to be part of a spiritual solution that our world is in desperate need of. Our world needs a people that are not asleep this morning. I wonder if you just kind of tap your neighbor for a moment and say, right now is the right time to wake up. Right now. Come on. It's time to shake ourselves. It's time to pull the covers off. It's time to get up and get out into the purpose of God. It's time for revival. It's not time to wait until. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. God has a way of getting our attention. It's interesting to me that Jonah sleeps through the storm. Jonah 1 and 4. God sent a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. The Bible says that that horrible storm scared the seasoned sailors that were on board to the point where they began to throw things overboard. I'll remind you this morning and I kind of made this mental note, Jack, let's not talk about COVID in 2022. And here we are, two Sundays in. But can I remind you that fear is the factor of our day. The scripture says that those sailors were scared. Our world is scared. Our world is afraid. Our world needs a voice right now. Our world needs light shining in the midst of darkness. Our world doesn't need a church that's fractured. Our world doesn't need people that are afraid. We've got to get our, come on, we've got to find our place in God and stand with firm conviction and know that God is on our side and that God is at work and God is going to use us today to reach our world. I don't, I don't want to weary you with the word COVID this morning, but our world is in a storm right now. And now is the last time. Right now, it is not the time for Jonah to be asleep in the belly of the boat. Now is not the time for, for Jonah. Jonah. Jonah, you don't know, but above board. They don't know what to do. They, they don't know where to turn. They haven't got any idea about what to do next. Is that that shadow anything in our day? They're just kind of, there's never been more confusion. There's never been more experts disagreeing. There's never been more people at odds. There's never been more division. Now is not the time for the church to be silent. Now is the time for Jonah to wake up and get up and declare the word of God. Right now, 
Oh, come on. You, we may as well clap for that for a moment. We might as well let that message just settle in our spirit for a minute. Pastor preached a little bit about it on Wednesday night. Prayer is going to get us there. Fasting is going to get us there. Preaching is going to get us there. But you're going to get us there. You're a part of the solution. It's not time to sleep, Jonah. It's time to get up and declare the word of the Lord. So the sailors are scared and Jonah's sleeping. The stuff's being thrown overboard and Jonah's sleeping. I don't know if he doesn't hear it. It's like... The guy's like... There's this stuff floating in the water, bumping against the side of the ship. Jonah. I don't know if you do that when someone's got you half awake or not, you little scowl. Someone that lives with me. We don't run the same clock. So I've learned. I've learned to get ready in the dark. I know I've used that dimmer switch on your iPhone light. Because sometimes in the morning, she's not ready for the bright, and, and it's kind of, she's the fairest of them all, but at, in the morning, <laughs> in the morning, it's something like this. It's just light. It's just the light. It's okay. Back slowly out of the room with all the clothes in your arm. <laughs> Shut the closet door behind you, in the closet. I don't know if that's what Jonah was doing or not. I don't know if he's kind of bothered by what's happening on the outside of the boat or not. I don't know if he's just kind of half awake or half asleep. But it says that the shipmaster came down into the hull of the boat. The shipmaster, the shipmaster, he, he's trying to figure out, he's, he's got all hands on deck doing everything that they can, and, and the shipmaster comes down to Jonah, and Jonah is sleeping, and he wakes him up, and you know, I'll paraphrase, now isn't the time to be asleep, what have you done, who are you, why are we in the worst storm we've ever been in? Jonah declares who he is, and they're smart enough to put two and two together, that Jonah, as a prophet, shouldn't be asleep in the belly of a boat going the wrong way from the call of God. I, I don't want to be, you're right, we've said we don't want to be part of the problem, we want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be asleep in this season. I don't, want, I don't want somebody from the world to come to the church and say, well, why haven't you done your part? What are you doing right now? Where is the church when we need her? Where is the voice when we need it? Come on, we don't, we don't need to be in the belly of the boat while the greatest storm our world has ever experienced is going on. The church needs to step up and begin to declare this is how we get out of the mess that we're in. 
And it cost Jonah something to say it, but he did. Uh, he said, I'll tell you what we need to do. We got to throw me overboard because as long as this ship is going the wrong way, I'm going with it. The only way that this is going to right itself is I, if, I, if I begin to do the right thing. So pitch me overboard and you'll be all right. And then, of course, they, they don't like that idea. Neither would I. And they begin trying to row the ship on their own in this greatest storm that they've ever been in. And, and it doesn't do them any good. And finally, they come to the rea realization, we're going to have to throw Jonah overboard. I don't know if you read or not, but Jonah, his name means dove. The story of Jonah, by God's intention, has a picture image attached to it. He was supposed to be what his name represented, the dove. The dove is there all through scripture, if you think about it. It's there in Noah's story. It's there in the tabernacle. The dove was the form that rested on Christ at his baptism. The dove is the picture of the Spirit of God moving quickly this morning. In scripture, the Spirit is searching for lives to fill. In scripture, the Spirit is leading men and women into truth. In scripture, the Spirit is not asleep in the belly of the boat. In Scripture, the Spirit isn't directing people the wrong way. In Scripture, the Spirit isn't running away from people that are unrighteous. The Spirit is going to save salvation. That is the purpose of the Spirit. And that's why we can afford a service without Holy Ghost outpouring, without Holy Ghost empowering. We need the Holy Ghost help in our midst in this day. Jonah you're not living up to your reputation. You're going the wrong way. So get thrown off the boat. Arise, Jonah. That's what the shipmaster said. He said, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. The world knows that we've got what they need. So Jonah, he gets thrown overboard. Scripture tells us about it. Scripture tells us in that moment what happens. They cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. I can't help but believe that when the people of God begin to turn to God, we'll see the storm still. Is there anything in our lives that's got us going in the wrong direction this morning? That's what this season of fasting and prayer is about. It's about consecration. It's to separate us. If you're guests with us this morning, we are so grateful that you're here with us today. Because I don't believe it's just by mistake. I don't think it's just happenstance. I believe that God, in his great mercy, is reaching to redeem. That's what we're talking about. The spirit is at work even this morning. It said that the men then, when that sea ceased from the raging, the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. A church turned in the right direction will impact the world that we live in. It will. Your life in the right direction 
impacts your community, impacts the people that live day to day with you. Your life has that kind of impact on their lives. You know, we've had the privilege of taking some family vacations. We can come back to the music. Some of my favorite places on those vacations have been locations with aquarium and marine themes. I've enjoyed the marine land in Toronto. I've, I've enjoyed the small Huntsman Marine Center in St. Andrews. I, I, it doesn't have to be big. Just I, 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 I like that. I, we've been to the Boston Aquarium a number of times on hot summer days for more than just their air conditioning. We actually enjoyed enjoyed the aquarium. But I'd have to say that the granddaddy of them all would be SeaWorld. We've, we've been to SeaWorld, and I, I don't know what your vacations are like, but ours tend to be full steam ahead, or have been. There's sights to see, and for some, there's shopping to do. There's people to connect with, and one of the other activities that we've worn ourselves out doing is the theme parks. Both kids love coasters, and I remember there was one, one theme park that we were at. It was a slow kind of day there, and, and we were doing this one roller coaster. And the kids were so excited because there was no line. But they don't realize that the line is what lets me recompose. I have more things that bounce around in my brain than they do. This one particular coaster, it, it reached 67 miles an hour. There were seven inversions. And I don't know about you, but, I don't know about you, but, but one is lots. There's a reason God didn't put feet on our head. He does not intend for us to live life upside down. So yeah, I'm there. I'm there for the mind-bending, body-hurling attraction, but not, count them, 11 times in a row. And so Kathy, she's, she's kind of the smart one of us all. She waits on the park bench and does the, when we go by the park, one, two, three, four, 67 miles an hour and you get off and, and 11 times we did this and at 11 I was like, I'm out. And the kids are like, huh? Their brains aren't fully formed at that age. And I'm not even sure what mine was it if I did 11. So no wonder, no wonder I like SeaWorld. Because it seemed like the only time on the trip when we did what we were supposed to do. We walked together in a normal pace as a family. We sat down, Kathy not on the park bench and us on the ride. We sat down together and waited for the amusement to start of sea lions and otters and seals. And, and I liked it. People moving along at a pace and that was doable. It wasn't like cattle being herded through lanes of traffic. We went, we sat down, enjoyed talking, watching the entertainment. And then ended the day at the big aquarium watching the huge orca named Shamu. And there was always this 
You know what? I don't know. There's all kinds of politics around it. It's sad because the last time we went, I said this is more about them trying to defend what they're doing than anyhow. But the Bible tells us, I, I remember seeing that massive animal and the training that it had and obedient to the commands of the trainer. But the Bible says that God prepared a great fish. We don't know if it was a whale. We don't know if it was an orca. We don't know if it was a megalodon. I was reading about that because sharks can stop their digestive tract so Jonah wouldn't have been half digested. But it wouldn't matter if it was a brook trout. If God prepared it to swallow Jonah, it was ready. It wouldn't matter. God prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So we don't know what kind of fish it was, but, but the key word of the scripture is that God prepared the fish in the midst of that storm. God had it all prepared. And sometimes I, I, I was transparent some with the people that were here for prayer on Friday night. And I, and I said, sometimes we get confused and we get a little frustrated because I don't understand the season. I don't understand that when, when we have the tremendous message on on Wednesday night, that we don't have the, God, couldn't you just move the storm a day so the whole church has the opportunity to respond to the word? Instead, we're wrestling at 5.30, but whether or not we should cancel or whether we should just let our seniors know, don't come because it's not very safe out there. We'll just, finally, it's just kind of like, well, well, we'll go with what we got. And we land here. So I don't understand that. I don't understand it. But here's what I know. That if God prepared a fish for Jonah, then God is prepared for the storm that we're going through right now. God's not unprepared. He's not surprised. He's not caught off guard. God's not on, on the back of his heels trying to figure out what's going on. God prepared a fish for a moment like that in Jonah's life. God's got it all prepared for a moment like this in our life. God is well in control. Would you just give your neighbor a high five and tell him God's got it all in control. He's been prepared. As a matter of fact, if you look through the book of Jonah, you'll find that God was well prepared. He prepared a gourd. He prepared a worm. He prepared a fish. God was prepared for what he was going to do in the life of Jonah. And he's prepared for what's happening in 2022. And here's what I know. He's prepared a revival for the people of God, but he just needs a Jonah to get up and get out into the plan that he has for you. Jonah, Jonah's in the belly of the fish. Three days, three nights. Jonah, you thought this was the end, but really, it's just a new beginning. See, there's the power of a new beginning. Because God knew the end of the story from the beginning in your life. God knew everything that happened yesterday when he saved you. Saint? God, God knew, but God, God also planned and prepared for this moment. And God's got it all in control. And he's walking us through his plan. He's walking us through his story. He's bringing us through his story. History. It's his story. And he wrote, he knows the end from the beginning. He's got it all. He's prepared. He's just waiting for Jonah to get up and get out. So Jonah has a choice. I'm sure he gets over the astonishment of still being alive. 
But he prays unto the Lord, his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. Listen, and he heard me. He heard Jonah in the belly of the whale that he had prepared. God heard him. And God's ear is inclined this morning to every person in this service because he's come to save. And he's come to challenge. He's come to call somebody up and out into the harvest field. Nineveh is still waiting, Jonah. He goes on and speaks about the prayer that he prayed. He said, I'm cast out of thy sight. I'll look again toward thy holy temple. For as much as Jonah got wrong, let me tell you, he got some stuff right. Jonah got some things right. Jonah realized, I'm still alive. I'm going I'm to get this prayer in order. I'm going to get some things in order in my life. God's ordering some things in our life. He said he went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was, ever, was about me forever. And yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. And then listen, verse 9. Skipping to verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. You see, it may be, it may be that someone in the room has been going in the wrong direction. But the reason is so that you would come out of this season knowing that salvation is of the Lord. Who better to preach the message of salvation than someone who has just been saved? Oh, Jonah, you had it right for so long. You, you, you were on the attendance roll. I don't know how long. Jonah, you were, you were in the prophets. Jonah, you were a part of the crew that, that declared the word of God. You were there, but you still needed to know the power of a Savior, and God saved you. So who better to preach the message of salvation than someone who has just been saved? Oh, maybe in the way for a long time, maybe at work in God's kingdom for a long time, but got off track, got a little sideways, missed, got, got, got mistaken on their journey. But now, come on, when we come up, we realize salvation is of the Lord. I, I couldn't be here without him. That, that's what we were singing about at the beginning of the sermon. That's what we were talking about. The power of the cross is still at work for every believer, for every person whether you've been here one day or whether you've been here 60 years it doesn't matter you're still a part of the crew that can stand and declare salvation is of the Lord salvation is of the Lord and God is just looking for somebody who's been saved to stand and say let me talk to you about what God can do he is a savior he didn't need Jonah going into Nineveh with a message of condemnation he needed Jonah going into Nineveh with a message of salvation he needed Jonah going in and declaring what God could do with the mess that they were in our world needs the same our world does I love chapter 3 verse 1 standing together we're getting ready to close and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time Jonah it's not over he's the God of a second chance he's the God of new beginnings 
come on. I wonder if you just raise your hand for a moment. Just got a little movement in the sanctuary, but there's the Spirit of God that's moving freely right now. And the Holy Ghost is resting in the room right now. Come on, your voice isn't offensive. Your voice is what God's going to use. Your voice right now. Lift it, lift it. Come on, lift it to the Lord for a moment. It's right there. there. There's a call. There's a commission. Come on, this this time it's not commandment. It's halabo shoreke la mando rama mandiata le mando rama ta reto sorebeke henderikos. That's it. That's it. Come on. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost, that spirit is calling. That spirit is moving. It's just settling. It's resting. Hallelujah. It's commissioning right now. I wish everybody from the front to the back would lift your hands for a moment. Come on. We're, we're, we're finished preaching, but God's not finished moving. I, I wish you just lift your voice for a moment. There's, there's something that's compelling in the Holy Ghost today. Come on, Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Your world needs you. Your world. Your Nineveh needs you, Jonah. Mm 
Come on. Someone, you need to identify your Nineveh this morning. Just while you're praying, while you're praying, someone identify who God's calling you to right now. You need to identify them. You need to, you need to see it in your mind. You need to let God give you a vision of who it is God's calling you to because there's a call in the room. The, the Bible says the call came a second time to Jonah. It's coming in the room, maybe another time to somebody that's here. But God's call is calling someone. It's time to rise up. And this time it said that Jonah rose up and he went and preached to Nineveh. And God brought a great revival in that entire city. Went into a, a season of fasting and prayer and separation and calling on God. Could it be that God is starting with a Jonah here, but he's going to end with a city in a place, a season of sacrifice, in a season of revival. Could it be that your voice is going to turn your city around? Come on, believe it. There's revival in 22. There's revival. It's not shut down. It's time for spirit outpouring. It's not time to close the doors. It's time for God to break loose the bonds. It's time for revival. Oh, keep praying just for a moment. I, I don't want to mess up what the Holy Ghost is doing. Let me be. 